0: This episode is for informational purposes only and is not to be taken as legal or professional advice.
1: Welcome to Healthcare Inspired, the podcast that bridges the gap between clinical expertise and business innovation, all with a single purpose, improving patient care. Get ready to be inspired as we bring you thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and groundbreaking insights from leading experts in healthcare. Join your host, Jennifer McNamara, on a journey of discovery as she connects the dots, revealing the synergy between clinical and business teams. Each episode, will delve into the latest healthcare trends, uncover innovative solutions, and share success stories that will motivate and ignite change. So get ready to embark on a path of inspiration, knowledge, and transformation. Here is your host, Jennifer McNamara.
0: Hello and welcome to the Healthcare Inspired Podcast. My name is Jennifer McNamara and I am your host. I'm happy to be back with you guys once again. I took some time off and I just really enjoyed my time off and I'm glad I could come back and hear and give you another episode on what inspires us all in the world of healthcare. Now, how has your year been? I know we're at the end of 2023, we're approaching that, right? A lot of accomplishments, a lot of things on the horizon that we may be excited about, maybe a little worried about, but overall we're, we're looking forward to new things coming our way. Now, I have had a lot of goals on my list for the next year that I'm gonna to try to accomplish. And what I really found I became passionate about in 2023 was patient advocacy. I know a lot of you um, have seen me out there on social media talking about the Healthcare Advocate Summit. I went last year, I went this year, I plan on going in 2024 in Vegas. So I'm really excited that I got to be introduced to this wonderful event because it truly is focusing on what we're all here to do to help advance quality patient care. And those of us on the business side, we can do a lot to advance the quality healthcare for patients. And so my goal is to think about how I can improve everyday interactions with others in the healthcare and how that can contribute to quality patient care, even if I'm not speaking to a patient personally every day, like many of you out there on the front lines are, I can do a lot myself to really speak up and see what's going on and what are the challenges and issues that are affecting real patients. Now, while I was at this conference, uh, I got to meet some great individuals, including, of course, the CEOs of this conference, Elizabeth Johnson and Melissa Page. A shout out to you, lovely ladies. And I got to meet a very special individual, Dr. Nancy Taylor. And it's hard not to be inspired by Dr. Nancy Taylor. She is an amazing, amazing person and advocate. And she has, of course, really encouraged me and been a mentor to me to help me get into patient advocacy as well. I recently had an enlightening conversation with Dr. Taylor about her approach to, of course, patient advocacy. And it really got me thinking about what we can do to truly support the advocates out there and ultimately our patients, right? So we think about why we do what we do. We're in healthcare, like I said, to help patients. We can't allow healthcare to become just a channel to siphon resources, right, from programs like Medicare. Uh, We see it happening all the time. There's so much waste out there, even just in the billing side, right? And so we need to think about how we can shed a light on how this is affecting real patients. Now, recently, I don't know if you all saw this, but the OIG, the Office of Inspector General, put out a consumer alert warning patients, specifically patients, right, of, organizations out there that are targeting Medicare patients, they're vulnerable. This is a a population that's vulnerable, and people capitalize on that. They look for those areas that they can uh, look for vulnerable communities, those they can take advantage of. And of course, the Medicare population is their target, and it has specifically to do with the service of remote patient monitoring and the misuse of patient information. So they really wanted to make sure patients are aware. This is a very unique area that we as patient advocates can of course use our voice and use our knowledge to help patients in our community, it's our family, friends, and even others um, that really need this information. And so ultimately this episode is really all about patient advocacy. What we can do to think about every day, the patient data that we touch, how are we approaching that data? How are we looking at that to see how it affects a real patient? And every day thinking about how what we can do to advance quality patient care, even if we're not actually physically talking to a patient, we are touching their information, what we do with it is important, right? So I'm excited I get to introduce you to Dr. Nancy Taylor after the break. We're gonna talk about patient advocacy, we're gonna talk about her career, and we're gonna talk about her feelings and her passion when it comes to patient advocacy. So we will dive a little deeper into this after the break. Stay tuned. So are you tired of compliance headaches and revenue leaks in your practice? Well, look no further because Inspired Compliance has your back. Inspire Compliance is your go-to solution for data-driven compliance program assessments. This cutting-edge approach goes beyond the surface, uncovering compliance risks and revealing where your revenue leaks may be lurking. But that's not all. It doesn't just identify the issues. It provides you with powerful insights to fortify your practice against potential pitfalls. These solutions are designed to enhance efficiency and productivity, giving you the peace of mind that you deserve. But there's more. Inspire Compliance doesn't stop at assessments. They offer tailored compliance training sessions for your team. Stay ahead of the curve with expert-led sessions, ensuring your staff is well-equipped to navigate the intricacies of healthcare regulations and they've partnered with trusted vendors for compliance management, which creates a seamless experience for you. With Inspired Compliance, you never have to worry about the effectiveness of your compliance program. They have your back every step of the way. So why stress about compliance when you can be inspired? Say goodbye to uncertainties and hello to more efficient, productive, and compliant practices. Please visit Healthcareinspiredllc.com or schedule your assessment training today by emailing compliance at healthcareinspired.com. There will be more information in the show notes. Well, as mentioned, I have a very special guest on the show today. I get to introduce someone that I really value in the industry. I get to introduce Dr. Nancy Taylor. Welcome to the show, Nancy.
2: Hello, Jennifer. Thank you for having me on today.
0: I am very excited about this episode, and I I think uh, it's going to help a lot of people who are maybe already in patient advocacy or interested in becoming a patient advocate to learn more about what you do in advocacy, and then we'll talk about, of course, the, the stuff I'm doing lately and how they intersect. So let's get to know you a little bit better. How did you start your journey in healthcare?
2: I tell you, my journey started a long time ago when I was just a child. Uh, I grew up in a family-owned drugstore. My dad was the pharmacist. And I would watch him interact with all of his patients. And they would come in and I I would see them approach the pharmacy counter and I would see maybe sadness, anger, maybe some kind of feel a defeated look. And my dad would just talk with them as he filled the prescription. And then when he was done, he'd step down from the pharmacy platform and he'd go and he'd talk with them. And I would would see some smiles. Maybe I would hear some laughter. I always saw a handshake. And then I watched these people leave, standing taller, prouder, smiling. And I thought, okay, what's going on here? So I watched this for quite a while every time that I went up and down the aisle with my dust mop because that was my job then. But um, I watched (laughs) this and I finally said to my dad, I said, okay, what are you doing? Because this is what I'm seeing. And he says, Nancy, you have to remember that we're not just dispensing medication. We're dispensing hope. You have to keep in mind that your empathy sense of humor, and compassion are just as much medicine as our pills and creams. And that stuck with me. It stuck with me all through the rest of my years, my college careers, and then when I became the pharmacist, that is how I did all of my type of counseling. This pharmacist, as a way we counsel, we really are putting together action plans for Our patients. Mm -hmm. They may be a few things, but that's exactly what they're doing. So I've, you know, I, that was my clue. And I have been doing that ever since.
0: That's just so beautiful. And that is what we're doing um, in healthcare, whatever we're doing. We are trying to give every patient we touch a resemblance of hope. And in the pharmacy world, you know, you didn't make the diagnosis, you are following the plan created by a physician to provide them what what they feel would be helpful, but you still have to make sure the patient understands what they're about to take, right? And how it's going to help them heal, hopefully. And so it's a beautiful thought, you know, you are giving them hope. And that truly, I'm sure made a difference in every patient that your father touched, and also you following his example. So how did you get into advocacy? What brought you to this point in your career?
2: Well, I got to the it really becomes that that kind of push that you don't even realize is there. Uh, I knew probably about eight years ago I was going to move into the field of patient advocacy when I was done with work in the bench in pharmacy. Cause it just seemed like the natural progression. But what I was really noticing was that our older population is a little more vulnerable. Because a lot of them do not have anybody as they age to assist them. We are a very proud society. We, but we're also a very individual society where we have a lot of solo agers. We have a lot of um, separate families. When I say that, you know, that their location is different throughout the country. And so I started to see that a lot of these people just didn't have somebody in their corner. But the tipping point came for me when I would see my patients, not at the pharmacy, I would see them maybe in the grocery store or at the gas station, or I'd see them at an event in the town. And they say to me, you know, Nancy, I saw you the other day and I thought about stopping to say hi, but you just looked so busy and I didn't want to interrupt you. And Aww. Jennifer, I tell you that felt like a stab to my heart Oh, because I thought, oh my gosh, this person doesn't think I have time for them. And the more people that said similar things to me like that, I thought, I, I'm i not, I'm, I'm no longer serving my patients. I'm evidently just serving my company and that has to change. And so I knew then that I would step out from behind the pharmacy counter and into a collaborative union with these individuals and their families because they needed help. They needed more than two minutes I could give them at the counter or that they're skipping me altogether. And I just thought, nope, this isn't for me anymore. It's time to make that jump.
0: Well, that's just so beautiful, you know, and I think maybe all of us at one point, if we haven't gotten there yet, we may encounter this at one point where we will feel like we are at the end of, of a certain journey in our career that we move on to the next. And I recently, of course did go through that myself with working directly for hospitals working directly for clinics wanting to do more than what i was able to do um because of my passion and now you know i since i met you at the healthcare advocate summit and so many like you i want to say thank you for the courage you all have given me since i've met many of you to push me into advocacy um as well as other fields but it is my passion right now and I see what you do for caregivers, and I want to tell you a little story to my audience too. So last year, when we found out my grandmother was was sick and was going to have to go on hospice um, due to some heart issues, heart failure, it was kind of a realization. You know, we, we we knew this was happening, but I wasn't there in person. My grandmother, that I that I really, of course, admired. She kind of helped raise us a little bit. We lived with her. She would take me to school. She would really um, kind of help my sister and I with so many things her parents worked. And then we moved away when I was an adult and my cousin and my aunt were responsible for taking care of her. My cousin does what I do. She works in healthcare and in the IT world, and she's working auditing, things that I do. And so she has a very busy career. And I thought about what you told me, what you do, how much that would have been so valuable to her if I had met you sooner. <laughs> so When they went through all of that, because I talked to my cousin now and she, they went through so much emotional trauma from the whole experience, trying to balancing, you know, work and trying to balance just life while taking care of someone. So I want to talk a little bit about why you feel this kind of advocacy for caregivers is so important.
2: Thank you for asking that question. Do you have the next eight hours that we can discuss this? (laughs) (laughs) But let me, let me go ahead and give you kind of the really synopsis of this. I am in the sandwich generation. You are in the sandwich generation. And this is where we are still working. Some of us may still have children or you know, in schools, college. And we also have living parents or older adults that we're taking care of. So we're having to provide care on both ends. And As our older adults continue to live and thrive well into their 90s, we also see a lot of our older workforce, those 50 and older that are working full time and they're having to care full time. And that's a huge burden. So if we look at this sandwich generation and then we've also got the children, how is this group going to be able to provide care from, you know, seven years old to 97 years old? And it it takes a big toll on our workforce because, like you said, you know, they're having to choose between do I go to work today or do I stay home and give care? And that should never be a question. We shouldn't have to have that. And so me working with employee caregivers, I work to give them tools and resources that they can use at home to help stabilize that home environment so that they still can go to work, be effective at work, enjoy work. Well, they shouldn't have to choose. So let me come in and help you figure out what it is you need on the home front so that you can go back to giving your 110% on the work front that you enjoy. Nobody should have to give up their career or take a demotion or unpaid leave or scheduling conflicts or lack of promotion just because they are doing dual roles as a caregiver and an employee. I really partner with employers to bring in solutions for the employee caregivers through my signature workshops. And that way, you know, when the employer becomes part of the solution, we're going to find that we're not going to lose as many out of the workforce.
0: I 100% agree. That's it's a beautiful thing to think about, and there are so many that are affected right now. As you said, we, everyone has to work these days, and they shouldn't have to choose whether they take care of their family and how they balance their their needs to take care of their, their immediate family by providing for them you know, physically and, and financially. Now, transitioning into the financial part, I'm sure when you talk to uh, the caregivers, another thing that they are concerned about is how they're... Uh, the ones that are taken care of are going to be able to pay pay for that that kind of health care. Do you ever get questions about the financial aspects, um, insurance and and the cost of health care from them?
2: I do. Um, and, and that's just one of the the many areas that we look at when we're creating personalized health and life care action plans um because finances are always a big portion of that. And it even comes down to, you know, let teaching um, caregivers how to read their explanation of benefits or understanding what terminology is that they were charged for, or maybe they weren't charged or they were overcharged during when it comes to medical bills. But we also have to take a look at how are we going to finance these changes? and changes aren't always going to be healthcare. Changes are also life care. Okay, are they going, are are your parents, even though you're the caregivers, do they wanna age in place? Is that in their own home? Is that in your home? Or are we needing to take a look at maybe moving to assisted or memory care? How are we gonna finance these things? What are our options? And so finance is always a question in there. It's always a facet of the overall goal. They're working, a lot of them are working so that they have the benefits. But even if their parents or older loved ones are on Medicare, then maybe that's not covering enough. Do we need to look at another program to add to that for them? Do you have them added as dependents? Some companies allow you to add your parents as dependents. So then you can't Mm -hmm. give up your job to be care because you need that benefit for your parents. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about finances, it's always there. It comes up in many different ways Mm -hmm. because, I mean, let's face it, we have to have money to maneuver this healthcare system and we have to have money to maneuver our life care system. It just has to happen. So being, getting creative with finances is something that we look at because we've got to look outside the box on a number of these issues to see where we might be able to find funding.
0: Oh, yes, Nancy. Um, So I was thinking too, just when I met you, it wasn't even on my radar that what I, the experience I've had over the last 20 years could be used in advocacy world. And then I started thinking about all the times that my grandparents would call me and say, Hey, I think I was overcharged or I don't think my bill's right. And there were times where they were correct. Yes, (laughs) it was wrong. But then I would have the opportunity to show them, okay, here's what this means. Here's what this means. It was very rewarding and fulfilling for me So I'm like spinning my wheels, trying to get claims paid in my job. And I'm, I'm thinking this sometimes I'm not getting anywhere, but whenever I was able to stop and think about why I entered healthcare was to help real people. And now through advocacy, just like what you're doing, I'm able to help people in a real way. So I want to encourage everyone out there who's even thinking about it. If you want to use your skills and knowledge in a very real way, you can actually enter into advocacy Just for a couple minutes, Nancy, um, I wanted to kind of get your tips. If someone is interested in either the type of advocacy where you're helping people like what you do, where you're helping them get to their appointments, or on the business side, helping them analyze their bills, what are some tips to get started if you have this passion?
2: I think one of the biggest tips I have is to really sit with yourself and figure out what is your skill set. Like you said, Jennifer, here you were in this avenue in the healthcare system where you were constantly looking at medical billing but you didn't even think that i could take my medical billing and make my own advocacy service for it and so when i the first thing i would say is what is your skill set and what is your why why do you want to move into patient advocacy and then you're going to find that by answering that why What if your skill set answers that why? And so you've got to look at, you've got a dream. You've got to look at, okay, where do I really want to be? What is my why? How do I think I can get there? And then, then you start getting into networking with the people in those areas. Absolutely. Because you're going to glean a lot of information that you're going to need to process once you kind of look at your why and you know, I am so good at this. I do this and I can do this for other people. Perfect. Now you kind of have that idea. Now let's find, uh, get you into advocacy groups where you can learn from others and you can see who's doing something similar to you and how they can help you build your business.
0: Exactly. And that's what I want to thank you and others At the Health Per Advocate Summit that I am so grateful that I was introduced to. And for those of you interested, it's a great uh, way to network with other professionals who are in advocacy um, and also understand more about what it is. Um, And so I myself will be there in Vegas next year. I'm excited to attend uh, my third annual. This was my second one. And uh, what, what when you went, uh, Dr. Taylor? What did you find so beneficial about that particular conference? Maybe compared to other places you've gone, what was it that that really um, made you passionate about this particular event?
2: I was really passionate about this event because I got to see. I I was hoping to see, and it really did turn out that way. How individual patient advocates, where there were quite, a, we had hundreds of them there. How they can actually collaborate with other advocates that are in the industry. Coming in, I've seen how, you know, the whole world of pharma, because I have that background. And I was able to see how to blend independent advocacy with medical industry. And it was beautiful to watch Independent advocates look at insurance and institutional advocates and insurance advocates and everything and look at them and go, wow, okay, I didn't realize this is exactly what you did. I need to be connecting with you. And it was the same the other way too. I saw, I met advocates who work for big companies or small companies. And they said, I had no idea that independent advocates could do this. And I, so that if I'm stuck and I can't do any more, I can reach out to Dr. Taylor and she can help this patient move forward for problem resolution. Just to have that light bulb go off in two different industries, realizing how they can collaborate and create a bond through those industries to be stronger for positive patient outcomes.
0: I felt the same and not realizing how many advocates there were. And I was there to speak on the, on the healthcare business side technology actually. And, you know, my topic reached more people than I thought it would. And then when I went to different sessions, I brought my friend with me actually um, who was a pharmacy tech. And so we have, we live in different worlds. So we were able to come together and realize how we all intersect And so it was a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And so I encourage anyone that has the ability to to go to this conference, find it the Health Care Summit. We'll put it in our show notes. And Dr. Taylor, where can our listeners find you if they want to reach out to you about patient advocacy?
2: I am on LinkedIn. So if anybody wants to just go to Dr. Nancy Taylor, I am on LinkedIn that way. But you can also find me through my website, which is drtadvocacy.com. And that is drtadvocacy.com. And you can contact me through there. Look me up on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to visit with anybody who's interested in, wow, Do I how do I make this jump? How do I combine what I know how to do and put it into a passion in a new industry? Absolutely. Talk to me.
0: I'll help you. Wonderful. And I can tell you from personal experience, Nancy is great to to bounce ideas off of. She's already helped me so much, so I know she can help you. And thank you, Nancy, for coming on the show today. It's been a great pleasure getting to talk with you again today.
2: Oh, it's been wonderful, Jennifer. Thank you. I really appreciate this.
0: Well, great. And to our listeners, we want to thank you again for listening into to another episode of Healthcare Inspired. We want to thank our amazing podcast producer, Gabriel Fast with Highland Productions. Until next time.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Healthcare Inspired. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you thought of the show. To learn more about Jennifer McNamara and her team at Healthcare Inspired, including how to hire their exceptional data team, visit www.healthcareinspiredllc.com. Thank you once again for joining us on this journey of inspiration and transformation. Together, let's shape the future of patient care. Healthcare Inspired is brought to you by Healthcare Inspired LLC. The show is produced by Highland Productions. Our executive producer is Jennifer McNamara. All music is composed by Gabriel Fast.